husband takes precedence. He has first in line. What page? What page are we on? 398. 398 in the one volume version. The husband is first in line inheriting his wife if she passes away. At what point is the husband inheriting his wife? Once she leaves the domain of the father, assuming she has a father, but even she didn't essentially go into the chuppah, the house you're going to live in, when she leaves her father's domain to go to the chuppah at that moment, financially, he inherits her. Once she, so since she becomes in her husband's domain, so to speak, not yet completely because he didn't go to the chuppah yet, but in, uh, in, in that regard, uh, but she left her father's domain, she goes to her husband's domain to the point that she inherits her. I mean, he inherits her. Base. Ketzad, what's, for example, Isha a woman who is Mekudeshes. Umasra, Vila, Baila, Lushlochi, Baila, and the father gives her over to the husband or to the husband's messengers. Or the father's messengers give her over to the husband. Or to the husband's messengers. And she passes away while traveling to the place where they're going to make the Nisuyan. Even though her Ksuba is in her father's house still. Her father's house? yeah. Um, in other words, her, her, her dowry, not the Ksuba. In other words, But the things that she's going to bring to the wedding, all the, she, all, the, all, the, all the money, the valuable she didn't bring with her, that's in her father's house. Still, still, so the you say, No, but the fact is, right. the still is there. He's there, right? the husband inherits her. If the father or the father shluchim travel with the baal, even though they're traveling with him, so she's not given out of his domain because the father's traveling with him to the chuppah. And there they were meyachad in a in, in a location. For the sake of the suyin, even though the father is traveling with them, when they say she passes away, the husband inherits her because again, that's considered she's in her husband's domain. However, if the father is traveling with them, while uh, excuse me, if the father is traveling with the husband while bringing her and her, she's there as well to take her to the base chupa, basically to her husband's house. Or the father shluchim are traveling with them. Or, or sorry, with the baal shluchim, or with the husband himself. So she's traveling with the husband, or with the husband's shluchim, but the father or his shluchim are with them. Even if the husband is miyachid with her there in a secluded place, but it's only for the sake of staying and spending the night there, not for the sake of chuppah. Since the father is still hovering there, so to speak, or shluchim are with them. He was not. He did not seclude himself with her for the purpose of the suyim. So therefore, you may if she passes away, you via the father inherits her. Wow. Or I guess if she has kids from a previous marriage, then their son inherits her. But yeah, the point is that, the, that her yashim inherit her. Where was the father when he was misyachim? I mean, I mean, uh, um, the point is, is that he's still, he's still, he's, he hasn't given her over formally. So he's staying in the, in the, ho- in the hotel next door, or in the room next door. But the point is, is that it's right. not, it's not that she, he has taken her into his domain what completely. Are what are these shulchan carrying? What are they doing? They are simply, they are simply representation. They're not halachic right. in the sense of, what they are is they're saying that the woman is no longer, uh, for lack of a better word, divorced from her father's house. Right. She's still associated with her father's house, and, the, and therefore the husband does not inherit her yet. 
So what are they shluchim doing? What are they? What are they representing? What? They're representing the fa- the father is still 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 you know. No, he wants to. What is he why, 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 why are they there? Why are they there? What are the shluchim doing? They're, 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 what are they doing? They're, they are. She was they're his shluchim to escort her to the husband's house. They passed. Okay. Yeah. So she was already in the sad obviously. Yeah. yeah she's in kodeshes already. Yeah. So, uh, it's a score, right? Not really just representative right, right. But that is, that is scoring is significant. It means that the monetary idea of him inheriting her before Nisuyan right. is she has to be, have given over to the, for the purpose of Nisuyan. Even though the Nisuyan didn't happen yet. And the Shluchim, and the, or the father himself being present, means it didn't happen yet. So, where are we up to over here? Um, even though that the, 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 the property is the father's house, yes, yeah, so still, nevertheless, he inherits her. Okay, good. Uh, the, the, the husband inherits her. Gimel. Similarly, if she's her own person already, she's an adult, or she's a orphan, so she has no father who is her shushin, or she's a widow, she got married as a child, she's still a child because her husband passed away, so now again she's in her own domain, so the father's presence is irrelevant. She went herself from her father's house, or from her own house, to her husband's house. No one's with her, the husband nor his shluchim. She, 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 she's going on her on her own, but no one gave her over. So therefore, Mason actually passed him in the way. The husband does not inherit her because she's still in her own her own domain. She's her own father, so to speak. The person marries a woman. Also to him, right? Akaya marries a grusha, for example. Since the kedushin do take effect. Even though it's not allowed to be done, he may if she passes uh, away. Yerushana, he inherits her. The chum didn't knas him that he can't get the money because he married the wrong person. We don't say that. The chayin says like a ton. Somebody marries a child. Even though the kedushin are not completely right in limbo, that until she gets older and agrees, they're still in a state of limbo. He may if she passes away. Still, Yerushana nevertheless he inherits her because again, all these things are monetary things, and the chum have. Mo- for lack of a better word, much more dominion, if you want, over what they could do inside to do or not to do. So when a smart, regular man marries a woman who's deaf-mute, if she dies, he can inherit her because she doesn't have the intelligence to say, I'm giving my property over to you in the event that I don't outlive you. She doesn't have, and besides, the fact is that, is that also, she's not... No, the condition works, but she's not entitled to a ksuba. The condition, the, the reverse is... Uh, um, uh, we said if he's a cherish there's no condition okay a deaf mute who marries a regular woman and she passes away he gets an inheritor she's an intelligent person she got married willingly she had chose to pass have her property pass over to him or the schus to inherit if she passes away it was her choice and, so, and, and unfortunately she passed away and so he gets it he gets the money hey a child who was with the husband's with the father's consent uh, but we said the, the husband, the father also has to agree to the Nisuyan, not just the Kedushin. But Nisa, Shalai, Dasavia, she doesn't ask him, she just does the just, just, Nisuyan. Beim, in front of Beishel, in front of Beishel, in front of not in front of him. Yachal, Av, Nuchesh, in Kameshu, Be'anu, as you said earlier, the father can protest and say, she's not ready to become a Nisuyan, I don't agree. Vafidlo, Shasaka, Av, if the father's quiet, it may be she passes away, and Abba, Yerushin, the husband does not inherit it. Because the father has to agree. Unless the student happens, the father giving his formal green light, the student is not legitimate, therefore he does not inherit her. Wow. The Gainim's uh, Paskin, a woman became sick, and the doctors are not very optimistic, and she asks her husband to give her a divorce, and she says, I'm willing to get uh, to divorce me, don't pay me a ksuba, because she doesn't want him to inherit her, right? Yeah. We don't listen to her. Even if she says, I hate him, I don't want to stay with him, 
In which case, normally we, we say that she is entitled to a divorce, but no ksuba. Here, ain't shaymila. We don't uh, listen to her. We don't say that she's uh, rebelling against the husband, therefore we can ask her and we, we, add, we reduce her ksuba. We don't do any of those things. This is a correct halacha. So anytime we assume that she's asking for a get to prevent him inheriting her, we don't give her, the, we don't give her that choice. Zion. Right? She has a $50 million life, life, life insurance policy. The mic is not working on it. No, I, I didn't plug it in. That's why I didn't oh. realize. I forgot. So, uh, so any she she has a fifty million dollar life insurance policy. She wants him to divorce her, so this way her family gets instead of him, because the bchama getting on anyways. And how's it now? It's working. And and if not, I'll tell me. I'll, I'll shut it down. Let me start it. And that, that, so she can't do that. Zion. All the property a woman has. Whether it's nichtsin shemba'az, which we said means that the husband, that the, the the property is evaluated as such, and the husband owes her that money if the if the marriage dissolves, or nichtsin which means the woman owns it, except the husband has the right to use the benefits from it. The husband has the right to the payers what it produces in her lifetime. If she passes away in her husband's lifetime, the husband gets everything that we said in the first halach. He inherits her. And therefore, if the if the um, woman sells after she gets married, right? She has a field which the husband she owns it. The husband uses the produce. Then she goes and she sells it to somebody. Even though those nechas let's say that field, she got that before she was mukdashes. The husband says to this guy about the field. Listen, sir. These field, the produce it produces is mine. So my wife only had the right to sell you the actual field itself, but the right to use the field, she didn't, it was never hers, so she, that she can't sell. So I'm still using the field. The karka itself, uh, the, that the husband can't take. But the usage of the field, that's still his. He is the one who has the right to use it, to build on it, to, to, to build houses or whatever it is he, he can do on the field in his wife's lifetime, he can still do there. Because the husband does not have, uh, does not, is, has no right to the actual. Um, uh, karka itself until she passes away. So when he when she sells the property, the husband uses it. The husband uses the property of his wife. When she sells it, he still gets to use it. So what the what did the buyer buy then? If she passes away in the husband's lifetime, the husband gets to take the property without money from the buyer the way he would if his wife still had it. And the fact that the guy paid for it, that's his. Uh, it was his choice. However, if the actual cash that he used to pay for the, pro, the, the, the property is still kayam. That talk has to be returned. Then can't say, hey, maybe my wife got this because she found them. That's not the case. We assume that if it looks like it's the property, it's the money that was actually paid for, we assume it's such and he has to return that. But if, there, if it was changed, if it was exchanged, different currency, then the guy loses the money. If, however, he passes away, at that point, the woman has the right to the that she brought into the property. So now her sale is complete and the guy who bought it gets to have the field in totality. Ches. When this is above apply, these are the chasim that the husband knew about. So the husband knew about them, and therefore, when they're sold, uh, the, the 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 sale is is only legitimate in the sense that if the wife passes, if the husband passes away first, it's completed. Otherwise, though, the sale is not is not is not legitimate. It doesn't have any real any real uh, status to it. Uh, meanwhile. If, however, the wife had got nechasim, let's say, by Yerusha, in a different country, the husband had, had no knowledge of them, and she sold them, and the husband, the husband didn't know about the whole story, that sale is, is binding. 
So in other words, the husband's awareness of the property is, is, is an important factor in his, in his kenyan of the property. The Mepharshim on the Shulchan Aruch have a lot to say about this whole thing. The Mekudeshes, who sold property before she was Nisuyan, which is Latasam, Mechakayim, the sale is legitimate. The husband only gets his wife's property after the Nisuyan, but the Kedushin does not get him given any property. Tess. He should cost a a woman who writes to a conscience to somebody else and makes it. Give him rights. What do you mean? Give him the right. Just a kedushin? No, nothing at all. No. Also not. No, but the, the, what does a husband get from his wife property oh. by the kedushin? Nothing at all. It's the nisuyin that he, makes he, it. He, he, he no, also not. No, Only we said, we, said we said before when no by the nisuyin right before the nisuyin when the, she's given over for nisuyin that's when Misha happens. But the kedushin that doesn't do anything in terms of monetary. Yeah, yeah, no, but that, but that's, but that's provided that she's been handed over for the purpose of chupa. Stam kedushin. That's why he went into right, 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 exactly. Now, what's what's the gather of handing over when the traveling? That, 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 but stam the kedushin itself, right? Yeah. A woman who writes to somebody else a contract that says, everything I own belongs to you. And she makes a king, let's say even. Whether it's a relative, a stomach person, even though, if she gets divorced or she's widowed, the retroactive, the whole matana is bottle. Because the whole reason why she did this is to prevent her husband or the property. In the event that she gets divorced or widowed, she wants her property back from this guy. So nevertheless, in Habalachan, even though the Matana is bottle ultimately, if she gets divorced, still in the so therefore it's not a full matana. So she has some rights to it because she's gonna get it back in the future if she gets divorced. The husband still has no rights to this to this uh, this property to eat the paters. If she passes away in his lifetime, she doesn't inherit, the husband does not inherit it. She gave it to somebody else before Nisuyan, and at that point, if she passed away before him, the Vatana the is finalized, and that person gets to keep it. If she passes away in her husband's lifetime, at that point, the guy will get it completely. Not only that, even if she gives part of her property, or part of her, 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 her belongings, or even all of them, before the Nisuyan, the cost of Makabal, she writes to the Makabal as follows. Not that if I get divorced or widowed, the matana is, the matana, excuse me. Um, um, yeah. um, in the previous halacha, she didn't write anything. She just gave it to him. Yeah. Uh, she, she gave every, everything to this person. We assume the whole purpose is the husband shouldn't inherit and, and get, shouldn't take, get her things. And therefore, if she's divorced or widowed, she gets it back. Over here, she writes to Fayush, Be all my property today, retroactively. Whenever I say green light, that's when you'll get it. Retroactively to now. In which case, she doesn't, the, the person is not until she explicitly says so. So it's a, it's a, it's a more iffy gift. Still, the still husband still has the rights to it to be amazing. If she dies, he doesn't inherit her. So this is the way you get out of the possibility of the husband having her property. Okay? Right? The husband passed away with no children. Now she's waiting for the brother to do Yibam or Chalitza. If while she's waiting for the husband to decide if he wants to give him a chalitza, she makes money, she gets a Yerusha, she finds something, she can sell that stuff or give it to somebody else. The only Yavim Paris, the Yavim is not entitled to the Paris of that, those things. She gets a field, let's say, the Yavim doesn't get the Paris. 
even Nichtishem Barzo, which she brought to her husband, and now that he passed away, wow. that's ultimately going to go to the, 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 the her second husband, wow. now the brother. In the event he he doesn't get the pairs of that property at Shichus until he actually marries her, but until then he, he, the, the brother gets nothing. He's not, he's not entitled to it until he marries her. Now she passes away while she's waiting for the brother to make up his mind if he wants to do Yibam then who gets her property? So Yashem, in other words, remember, over here she was in a limbo state. She was supposed to get a from her husband in the event that the, that, that, the, that, the, that the brother does Chalitza, she gets a from the estate and Nechashem Barzil. But if he marries her, then who gets Nechashem Barzil? The brother. But while they're waking up their mind, she passes away, so who gets everything? So Yashem, so he's split basically. Yashem, her father's house inherits Nechashem which, which is Mamish hers, the, the husband got the Paris, but it belonged to her, so her Yashem get it. The half of the Barzal. The husband inherits her Ksuba, meaning they don't pay the Ksuba. The other half of the Chitzim Barzal. The husband's family has to bury her, not her father's family, because since they inherit the right to the Ksuba, or to not pay the Ksuba, rather, corresponding to that, they have to pay for a burial. Yudalif. A woman who's waiting for Yibam or Chalitza, Ksubasa, I'll call Nechsebailo. Her Ksuba. Is uh, basically there's a lien on, from Raksuba on all her husband's property, even if the Yav ends up marrying her. So that 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 property that that the brother gets from his brother is designated for her Raksuba. Now, obviously, it could be, be worth much more than the Raksuba, but it's all it's all there's a, there's, a, there's a collective lien on that property towards her Raksuba. The therefore, any the Yav has no right to sell any of his brother's properties. Before or after Yibum. I'm not sure the Ram has to mention before Yibum because it's hard, it's Pashat. Okay. If he, if he did do what he's not supposed to, he went and sold or gave as a gift or he divided it with his brothers the estate of his, of his deceased brother, before after Yibum, but he did is worthless. The entire property is um, uh, obligated to be available to pay for Aksuba. Therefore, whatever he does in that property, is of no no use. So it turns out that the, that, the, that whatever she brings into the marriage from the brother from the husband's property, the Yavim can never ever sell any of that. Apparently, the whole entire lifetime, it has to always be available in the event that he passes away before her, or divorces her, and therefore she has to have uh, have a ksuba available, even if it's worth twenty times more than a ksuba. Okay, If he the Yavim decides to do yibum, not chalitza, so he marries his brother's widow, and his brother had a field. And the field, that's has a, a wheat field. And the wheat was attached to the ground. Um, and we're talking about a case where it was, like, not ready to be cut yet. It still needed the ground to, it had to have the ground to, to benefit from it. So, in other words, um, on the one hand, what do you, so what do you do that with, 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 that, with that, wheat, that wheat crop? On the one hand, it needs the ground, so it's, so it's karka, which means it's part of the, part of the karka. In which case, it goes... Uh, not metallically, in which case the, 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 it's supposed to uh, be available for the, the, the it, it belongs to the, to, the, to the husband essentially or if it's metallically so, then, at that, so then, you, then it has a different halacha at that point, so let's see, let's see what he says right, so you sell the wheat sell the, sell the payers, sell the wheat buy with it eats the payers, now that's how you, you put this in the estate so in other words it's basically her property or it's the property of, you, know, you can't completely sell the wheat because it's a, like, like all the property, it's available, it has to be available for, available for the ksuba. <clears throat> but so what you do with it? Because wheat is going to go bad eventually. So you buy property and the property is available for the ksuba and, and the oven meets the payers, like regular, regular property.
If you left produce that was already detached from the ground, so let's say he left cash or movable property. It all goes to the brother. He uses it as he sees fit. She can't protest. So Karka, he can't sell. Uh, he can't sell any of this stuff either, but he can use it however he wants. Because remember, Betalton is only available to pay Ruxuba, not based on the Gemara. It's only based on the Kana of the Gainim. And the Kana of the Gainim that makes sure that all the Betalton available for Ruxuba doesn't have the ability to say the brothers not allowed to use the property and, and he can't do any, 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 any dealing with them. Um, so it sounds like he's allowed to sell, or at least he's allowed to. He's allowed to use the metalitlin, even if his use regular usage makes it go down in price. Could be he's even allowed to sell it. I'm not sure. Okay, you doubt, because he says yisavitim to do business with them. It sounds like buying and selling. So, so um, okay, I'm not sure of you. What's the deal? Can the yavim actually sell the metalitlin? It's much for that. Mm, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't see. I don't, I don't see the. No, that's the previous halacha, though. That's that was that was halacha base. So we said, yeah, no, no, that's considered karka. That's why you have to buy buy property with it, and and and, and then the, the husband can use the payers, but you have to buy property. With it. Okay, you doubt. Yavamu did not have a ksuba. Let's say, for example, she was Mekudeshes, and then after the Kudush, she passed away. She, so, uh, sorry, the husband passed away after Mekadashur. She still Mekhalitza, but of course, there's no ksuba, because the ksuba only comes by the suing, usually, unless the person decided to write a ksuba. So, she was, or she has a regular, regular, regular wife, but she forgave her, her husband the ksuba. She was, she was Mekhalit. And then he passed away. Now she's Yavama. Um, she. Uh, no, the, the, the is, right, the is the, the, the husband's property because we said the whole reason why he can't do anything with it is because it has to be available for the ksuba. There is no ksuba over here. And then he, he, and he can sell and buy what he wants. When he does yibum, he has to provide her, her a new ksuba as opposed to the ksuba of the brother being the ksuba he, is, he, he, he so to speak assumes. He has to write her own ksuba of a hundred. Um, why a hundred? Okay, because he's a bula. Yeah, or if she, if, 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 if the guy, pa- if the husband passed away, right after being a Kaddisher, it'd be two hundred. Okay. okay, but he has to write a ksuba of a hundred, in the normal case, in most cases. And his property is now available to that ksuba, as is a regular case of a woman who is available to the ksuba. Okay, a woman who sold or gave a gift after she got married of the Nechzeh right? She brought in the property worth $1,000. And they made an evaluation. They said, okay, this property is $1,000. The woman is entitled to $1,000 Nechzeh Then she went and sold the field. <clears throat> Whether she sold to her, to her husband, to somebody else. She did nothing. The sale is, is void. If a husband sells his wife's property, because Nechzim Baluk belongs to her, he can't sell it. And Nechzim Barzel, even though he, it's essentially his and he owes her the rights, but, but he still can't, doesn't have the right to sell it for various reasons, uh, perhaps also because the whole reason why she brought it into the marriage is he should cultivate the field and produce more wealth for the family and not to sell it. Tezayin, Malcham Atatlin, Nechzim Barzel, if he sells movable property, 
that the Chitzim Barzel already has that we have a thousand dollar antique vase that they write in the Ksuba is a thousand dollars in the Chitzim Barzel. Even though the husband's not allowed to do that, if he did sell it, the sale is valid. Okay, the sale is valid. If they both agreed to sell, right, we have a used car, and they sell it in a joint agreement, whether the guy first bought it from the wife or the, or the husband, so when he buys from both of them, they both agree, then if it's the Mechira is legitimate. The woman who sells or gives, she has his field, it's her field, husband has the rights to the Paris, and she gives it to him or sells it to him as a now it's his completely. The sale of the gift is valid. She can't say when it comes to the in this case when she gave the husband. I did it to make my husband happy. I didn't, want to, I didn't really want to give it to him. Not legitimate time. When it comes to anything else, other property, she could say that. Ketzad, for example, a woman who gave her soul to her husband, so she gave her soul to him. And again, remember, the husband owes her that value in the event that he dies, she gets $1,000 of that field back, right? So, whether it's or for example, if he designates an address or field, that this is where she's going to collect her super, super from. How, and, how, how does she get it back if she's Nasna? She gives it, what's she getting back? No, so the, the point is that the sale is not legitimate. The, the sale, the, when she gives it to her husband, we say the sale is not valid. We'll, we'll, we'll explain in a second, right? So she, she gave her, or she, she sold or gave it to her husband. This is Barzal. It belongs to, essentially, she brought into the marriage. The, we evaluate it as $1,000 in the Ksuba, of which she's going to get $1,000 back, either in cash or from this item property, if the event he divorces her or widows her. And or for example, if she does this to a field that he says this is this is your field for your ksuba if you ever collect it. Or it's a field that he writes mentioned specifically in her in her ksuba um, as a as um, as his matana to her. I think. In other words, if I divorce you, divorce you, then you're getting this field as, a matana, as part of your ksuba. Or a field that he. Um, that he brings into the marriage. So like in all these cases, so all these cases she's selling or giving this field back to him, like in the husband does not inherit it. She has the right to say that I just did it to make him happy, but I didn't really have, it, have intent to be a legitimate sale. Even though he made a kinyin, whenever she says, uh, uh, I changed my mind, she can, have, she can take it back. Um, yeah. Uh, she only gave it or sold it to him for the purpose of a husband never has the right to say I have a proof that this is mine my wife sold it to me here's the contract here's the Adim there's no such thing a husband can never bring a Raya that his wife's property is his the exception being as we said which is again belongs the, the actual product the actual item belongs to the woman and the husband has the right to use it that she has the right to say that, he, that, that if she gives it to him it's a good sale because she doesn't have to say she can't say this didn't make you happy why did it make, make him happy he has the right to use it what else does he want so therefore th- that's, that's a good sale if she, if she sells it or gives it you test that got lost or stolen the woman says you know what I forgive you you tried whatever the lock you bought on the, on the garage wasn't good it's fine 
you don't have to pay me anything. And they make a kenyan. She can't say I just did it to make him happy. It actually is a legitimate mechila, and therefore he does not owe her to to pay back that nichsitzer basil. If he, if he divorces her, those thousand dollars of nichsitzer basil are are lost. What can this be compared to? The situation where they claim it from the woman, like they make a kenyan, uh, her word that she has no. Um, that, for example, let's let's say the husband asks, says, "This nichsit basil is too expensive. It's too it's too much of an anxiety for me to watch. I want you, I want to make I want you to, to promise me that you're if it does get lost in the future, you are going to forgive me the obligation to to uh, to pay it back." I'm sorry, I made a mistake. The husband says, "This this is the chasm that we said nichtsim marzal. I want to I want to I want to I want an agreement from you. Shake hands that instead of me that being having that chayes nichtsim marzal, it is a maluk. So it's yours now. Um. So the event so in the event that they get lost, it's your field that got flooded. <laughs> you know, not my field. I'm not paying you anything. I'll use the payers. So that in that case, so in that in, in that case, we do say it's legitimate. So even though yesterday the flood had happened." The husband would be chayiv to make to pay back the thousand dollars still because he's promised a thousand dollars because that's what the field is worth and got married. Now that's her field. If it gets flooded, he pays her nothing, and that's considered a good deal. And so if it gets stolen, and he says that uh, she and she makes a kenyan that he's not chayiv to pay her back, it also is legitimate, and therefore the husband pays nothing. The husband's not trying to bring a raya to take anything, or the haksik the or to keep anything. He's trying to only simply not have to pay anything. And that's something that her uh, giving her word with a Kenyan is effective. If she gave him a matana of a talent, which are extended in the house, that doesn't work. She could say, I simply gave it to make him happy. So if it's that example I give with the thousand dollar antique vase, vase. So then Taka would say that that the, the matron is not kind. She could say I want it back, and, and and if it gets lost, if it gets lost or stolen, the husband can't. The, she has to pay the, the husband has to pay her thousand dollars. He can't see it. It was mine. I, I lost my own vase. No, it's still hers. husband, husband who has a karka. Um, uh, and we're talking about nichseitz I think. I'm sorry, where? What? That's what he says in the, in the... Yeah, in the beer. Right in between right there. Which, his which, property. Yeah. So, right. So the, oh, so it's his property. His property. Okay, so Balashimach appears to the The husband sells... The, 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 the karka for the, for the oh, produce the right so therefore the husband has the property still and the guy who he sold it to he gets to use the field but also the did nothing um, yeah so this the, this is not his property he's probably whatever he wants the word is this is nichse muluk this is nichse muluk that belongs to the, or this is nichse right that belongs to the belongs to the husband and he says to somebody else, okay, you know, I'm selling the field to you, so you could use the karaka. Lawyers say, that doesn't work. The whole reason why the husband has the right to use the benefits of the field is to bring more wealth into the family. If he sells the field to this guy to use, but he wants to use that money to invest in the stock market, because that's going to help the family, he has the right to do that. Okay, chavalaf. 
The woman had cash. If the cash is in Basel, so she brings a thousand dollars in cash. She has to give a thousand dollars for the ksuba, right? If they get divorced or he he dies. So if it's nichtsim in Basel, he can do business with the cash. If it's nichtsim alug, which means it's her cash, he uses the payers. So they put it in the bank and he gets the interest, for example, right? So Ben Sheikh whether she brought it into the marriage to him, or she got it as an inheritance after they got married. Somebody gave her a gift. Or she not cash, but but the property that was given to her as a gift as inheritance. We sell what we do with it. So how do how do how do we have this arrangement where the ikka belongs to her? And the payers belong to him when it comes to Matalatan. When it comes to Karaka, it's very simple. It's her property. He, he uses the payers. But when it comes to cash and produce, you sell it. You lock him in Karaka and buy the Karaka. And he eats the payers of the, uh, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the property. Now, why can't you just keep it? And the usage belongs to him. And the actual item belongs to her. Because the then is more a strong chance of it getting lost, and it could go down in value. I guess that, that's. I mean, if they both agree to do that, because they hate. But the idea is, you want the woman says, "I have a thousand dollars here in cash and a thousand dollars here of this expensive vase. I'm bringing a metal into the marriage. How do I get anything back?" So therefore, you buy karka. The woman always will have have something guaranteed to have chav base because you can't lose a, <laughs> a piece of property, right? The a woman who other people damaged her, they hit her. So I'm punching him in the face. All the money she's supposed to get, right, from, from Nezek, what do you do with it? You buy property with it. The husband eats the benefits of the property. Laws of damage. Because again, the point is the money goes to the husband, but she was, da- she was the one who was damaged, so it's considered like basically like she made money in the stock market, and therefore you buy karka and he uses it. If she inherited servants, from her family, it can be from the very elderly. You don't sell them because of the honor of her father's house. And apparently, it's like a thing that a servant who, you know, they, 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 slaves were passed down generation after generation. It's like a, it's like a bazillion that, that, that they, should, they should leave the family. This is, this is the, this guy was the, his grandfather, my grandfather's butler. It's like a certain, you know, prestige. If she got old olive trees or, 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 or a vineyard, and, the, the, she didn't get any property with just the actual field itself. With the property, she didn't have any, any land around the field. Maybe the basic amount to, to stand there and pick the, pick the fruit, but nothing else. So it was if there was property, so fine. So the property is, is hers, the husband's parents. There's no property over here. All we have is a tree or a vine or a vineyard. So um, if the, this tree produces enough produce, to pay for its upkeep, you don't sell it. Ah, you're breaking even. All you're doing is wasting your time <laughs> picking the fruit. To pay because again, it's like a prestige. This was our oak tree for generations. Yeah, not an oak tree. Sorry, olive tree. The imlav. If not, if if it does not, it's not even producing enough to, to pay for its own upkeep, you sell it for firewood. You lock and then buy property with the money. and he eats the peiros. So again, the same arrangement that she owns the property, he owns the payers, and if the if she gets divorced or widowed, she gets the property itself, and if she passes away before him, then he inherits the he inherits the property. If she inherits a uh, let's say a wheat field and it's ready to be harvested, they belong to the I'm sorry, they belong to the husband. Oh, sorry, not ready to be harvested. If I care, it's still growing. It needs, needs, needs the property. So it belongs to the husband. Because again, it's considered like property. If it's, if it's separated from the, from, from the harvested already, it belongs to her. 
It's metalton. If you mark your cell, if you lock him the cocky by cock with it, and again, he gets the payers. Same arrangement again and again, where we want to give the property to her and the usage rights to him, and so that this way, if she passes away, he'll inherit the whole entire property. And if he passes away or divorces her, she gets the karka back. Someone divorces his wife. And she had produce that was attached to the karka at the time of the divorce. Though, in other words, he gave it to her as a present, or for whatever reason, in this case, the Paris were hers. Usually the Paris belonged to the husband. But she had Paris um, attached to a piece of property when he divorced her. So we say these belong to her. We don't say that it's considered part of the property that, 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 that the husband, husband keeps. In part of the solution, if they were detached, then it belongs to the husband. It's considered like whatever a wife owns. Any talent a wife owns belongs to the husband. Av de the avodim that are nixim b'luk, mehemes nixim b'luk, or an animal which nixim b'luk. Again, that means the actual slave or animal belongs to her. The husband has the rights of usage, or in the case of the the the, the, the animal, milk or fertilizer. The husband has to pay for the food of the servant of the animal and whatever else it needs. And they produce, they work for him. Who and he benefits from from them. And therefore, Vlad has to b'luk. The, if a if a shivcha kananis that's nixim gives birth to a baby who owns it labal labal gets the paris in other words it's actually his not just the, not just the the, the 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 usage it belongs to him if the animal gives birth to a baby labal belongs to the husband it's like a tree that produces apples it belongs to the husband if the woman demands to take the baby of the servant with her and, she has to, and she's willing to pay for it, but that's because, again, she wants to keep the offspring of these servants in her father's family, she has the right to it. So it says she belongs to him. We force him to sell it to her. If she brings into the marriage two identical items or two maidservants, and again, we, we evaluate the, whole, the, the, uh, the value of the, the property. It's a thousand zuz. So that's how much he's to give back to her if he divorces her or dies. And again, if the actual item is, 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 is there, and if he can give part of it to her as, as a thousand, he has to give that to her. So now these two things are worth two thousand, the double in value. She divorces her. She takes one of them that's worth a thousand now for the thousand he owes her as it was evaluated the marriage. The second item, again, if she wants to pay a thousand, take it with her. Um, for the, the second, the second, the case of here is a shivcha, I believe, not a keli. The shivcha, she wants to pay for it and take it with her again because she wants to keep it in the family. Shame will listen to her because, again, that, that's, that's legitimate taina. She's paying for it. Good, 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 good cash. A person gives a gift to his wife, right? Buys her a necklace. Whether he gives her a piece of property or he gives her money. She buys property with it. The husband has no rights to the Paris of this field or, this, uh, this, or, or the fertilizer or milk of this animal. Whatever it is. Because that, that's what I give him a Now it's yours, not mine. If you give a, a, a woman a matana and you say, your husband has no rights to eat the pears, it should be for her whatever she desires. Again, the husband does not have the rights to, matana, to the pears of this piece of property, this matana. If a woman sells uksuba, um, uh, she basically, if she gives someone else, she sells this in, in, in the event 
that, that she gets divorced or her husband passes away. So basically, it's, it's a risk. It's a, it's, it's a possible risk. He's buying the rights to the Ksuba, but Lavdafka, he'll ever get anything because if she passes away before the husband while they're still married, then there's no Ksuba. That money is the woman's money. And the husband has no rights to it. If a behemoth gives birth, and we said the, the, the baby, the, the, the calf, belongs to the husband, right? And it gets stolen. And then Mimtagan the Ganav is found. He has to pay Kayful. Who gets the money? Hakayful Ishna goes to the woman. I the baby belongs to the husband. This is not the example of the Paris at the Khamu Masakin. This is an unusual case, and this is not something that the Khamu Masakin, this type of Paris, this result of the of the of the Kayful, that's not what the Kham had in mind. Therefore, it goes to the woman. The person damaged his own wife, right? They get in a fight, he punches her in the nose. Who gets the money? The Nezek Tzara and the Baishas. She gets it. The husband has the right to eat the Paris. Because it's her money. What about Ripoy and Sheves? Obviously the husband doesn't pay her that because he's not to pay for her doctor anyways. So what should you do? Take out one pocket with the other pocket. And Sheves is, is, is loss of wage. Anything money she makes goes to the husband. So it's his loss anyways. So what should he, what should he pay? He pays nothing. He pays himself. Chav Tess. Yeah? Yeah. Someone sells property to his wife. Right? So he has a piece of property, his own property, and he sells it to his wife. If the money she used to pay for it was already, the husband already knew about it already before, it's a good sale. And the property is the woman's, but the husband has a right to the payers. If that money was money he never knew about, or the, or the, or the, or the, it was not, it was not the, available, it was, she had to go and, so to speak, uh, Pull it out of somewhere where an account that wasn't it wasn't available to him. Like Kansa, he's she's not claimed the property because the sale is not legitimate. Shabbat, the husband is going to say, "This whole thing I sold it was only a trick to get to show me the money that I didn't know about." That money uh, that we now know we didn't know about now now we know about the husband. What, what do you do with it? That she had she was holding property on her, to, to, keeping it from her husband. He shouldn't have benefit from it, which is not allowed. So what do we do with that? Yeah. So, so um, we buy property with it. And the husband eats the Paris. This is just a whole trick. The husband can say, I just did it simply to get, to get, to get to show me the money. And, and therefore, the, the sale is not legitimate. If the woman has money or property in her, in her hand. And uh, he, she says, This is a gift someone gave me. When he says, No, that's, that's what you got paid for that, so it's mine. She's believed. And he has a right to make a chayim on somebody who's lying, but that's the most he can do unless he makes a tiny vadi. If he says, I know for sure, I saw you get paid with that money, in that case, she has to make a chayim on But here he doesn't know. He's just saying, May whoever's lying be punished. That's basically what a chayim is. You buy property with it. Remember, if she says, I'm an ask, cannot leave. They were given to me as a matana on, on condition that husband should not have any dominion, uh, you know, dominion over them. As you said, said earlier, that's a legitimate thing that works, but she, she has to prove that's the case. Any money that I found in a woman's property, it's assumed to be the husband's with his rights to benefit from the property until she proves otherwise. 
If she says to the husband, This money you gave it to me as a gift. She says that the husband gave it to her. In that case, he does not eat the parents because it's her money. You don't take, if a child, a woman, or a slave says, Here, do me a favor, this gold watch is mine, watch it for me. You don't do that. You don't accept it because we assume that uh, they took it from the husband or the father or the master. If a person did accept it from the woman, you should give it back to her. If she dies, you should give back to her husband because we assume it belonged to the husband or we assume it was hers and whatever woman owns, her husband owns, and therefore he inherits it and therefore it goes to him. If you took it from a slave, you give back to the slave. If slave dies, you give it to his master. If which is something that lasts for a long time, it becomes an adult, or something he benefits from, but don't give the gold watch back then, he might lose it. Buy a piece of property with it that he can benefit from. If anybody says that on their deathbed, this item belongs to so-and-so, if they were, um, um, in other words, Um, the guy that's dying and saying this this thing that this because is belongs to Pliny, if he's known to be a nun, that's the connection too. Yeah, right. In other words, someone someone gave a bekadin to someone else, and the, and he says the bekadin that you're watching for for me, I gave you to watch for me, says the guy in his deathbed, really belongs to Chaim Yankel. So. If the person who has the bekad in his hand believes the person on his deathbed that the taka belongs to this person, if he doesn't believe him, you should give the yerushim of this person, right? Because the person on his deathbed is saying it belongs to this person, give it to him. The yerushim is saying, no, it's our father, he has Alzheimer's, he doesn't know what he's saying, give it to us. So, the, so, so it depends who you believe. If you believe the guy, give it to the person he says. If not, give it to the yerushim. Woman who had money, which was... Which would which regular case of money, where the husband is supposed to get it to, to buy car and benefit from? Or when he says we should buy this piece of property. she says no buy that thing. So how was the best? How should the best make up shara? Buy something that produces a lot. It's not a lot. Not not, not difficult to uh, to upkeep. Doesn't cost a lot of expenses. Whether it was him or he, his, his desire or desire. She gives him If you don't buy anything, buy something that gives him means the bark renews. So there was something, not something which could which get lost. It's something which can regenerate. Worried that if you buy, let's say, let's say you go buy an olive tree, an olive tree could, 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 could die and now we have nothing left. Buy something that will always be a piece of property, for some, something which will always have some kind of uh, fundamental uh, value to it. Something left, something, something, it'll never get lost completely. And the Paschim say this all depends on you know, local custom and what's considered a good, uh, good buy. The woman who brings into marriage her husband a goat to milk, a, a sheep to, to shear, or, or a palm tree for, um, uh, uh, for the fruit. Even though she only gets the Paris. Um, she gets a Paris. Why does she get the Paris? He gets the Paris. No, I'm sorry. She only gets the Paris, not the Karen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Sorry. He has the right to use it, and if he by usage eventually, like he's using the shovel, or not a shoveling, whatever he's using, eventually the entire thing gets completely used up. It's not. It's not a problem. 
If he brings into man to marriage, the items as in the chesimaluk, he has a right to use it or wear it to put the garment until the karen's lost. So it's a shovel. He uses it every year to shovel the snow. I eventually to completely rust and it totally shatters into, into crumbs. It's not a problem. He divorces her. He's not going to pay the, the, the worn out in the chesimaluk. Even though the husband has the right to, uh, sorry, even though the husband has an obligation to essentially, um, uh, if the if the property value goes down, he has to pay back, right? Because we value it as a thousand dollars, he has to pay a thousand dollars. If the actual item was still uh, was extant, it was a little bit worn out, but it still did its original intention. The shovel still works, for example. It tells Caleb she takes it as it is, even though it's much less much less valuable now. If it didn't do its original value, its original purpose, as therefore it's as if it was stolen or lost. He has to pay back the full value of whatever we said it was worth. Bishas to marriage. Is a standard custom. This is the assumption which he accepts upon himself regarding the dunya. He doesn't have to pay the, 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 when it goes down in value. He doesn't take if it goes up in value. If the money goes, if it goes up in value, the husband has the right to force his wife's servants or his um, maid servant, her maid servants, that they should serve him or his other wife. That he marries a different house. He cannot, however, take them to a different city without his wife's agreement because they are hers because it's not in Brazil. Or it's look, either way, either way, it's not allowed.